Father, we bind our minds to the mind of Christ and our wills to the will of God. We thank you, Father, that anything that would stand in the way of us yearning, receiving, accepting your will and word would bow its knee. In Jesus' name, amen. Firstly, I'd like to say to you, I wrote a book last year. Yeah. It's kind of a surprise to me, but anyway, I wrote a book. They're out there. They're $15. My lady friend over here said she's going to sit there and take care. If you buy one and you need me to sign it for you, I'll do that. But it's called The Prophetic Path. And it actually outlines my journey from being special forces, South African military, trained uh, in the war in Angola and the war in Israel, and uh, serving uh, my country and the government of Israel as well, because I'm, my mother's a Jew, so I did three years in Israel, as did Aliyah. And bottom line is, really messed up and really, really had a bad life until God intervened and took hold of my life. And then I had, my whole life I've suffered rejection, even from birth. When I was born, my dad took me in, out of the house, and I lived in our servants' quarters of our servants. I never actually lived in my father's house. I lived outside. So by the age of 15, I got into a lot of trouble, and I was put in the military at the age of 15 by a judge. So <laughs> uh, it was interesting, you know. So I wrote this book, and I actually outlined how God brought me into being what I am today, how I experienced him, how I heard his voice, how he taught me, how he trained me, how the Holy Spirit intervened in my life and directed my path, how God led me to America, how God used me from 2000. Uh, sorry, um, 1994 to 2002 in Congress, the Senate, in the Clinton and Bush administrations as a consultant, as a prophet to the DOD and a counterterrorism, counterterrorism specialist. So everything's in this book, and I want to encourage you to get it because it probably will help you to outline your journey. Because many people said to me, yeah, Holy Spirit gifts, blah, blah, blah. I don't really know what they're all about. Well, it's in the book. Because I found too, when I got saved, and I went to ask people, what about the Holy Spirit? Oh, that's from the devil. I served the devil for 35 years, and I never once spoke in tongues. So I want to encourage you, if you can, to get the book, and it'll help you. Based on that, a friend of mine called me yesterday. He said to me, hey, I read your book. I I heard you had a lot of problems with your dad. So are you going to wish him Happy Father's Day? I said, well, firstly, my father's deceased. Oh. But I said, yes, I am going to wish him Happy Father's Day. So, well, what about all the stuff he did to you? I said, let, let me explain something to you. The Bible says, first the natural, then the spiritual. I said, here's what you need to understand. Even though my father did those things to me, when I got saved, the year before my father passed, God brought him back into my life, and I was the guy who led him to the Lord. I baptized my father. So God is redemptive as far as fathers are concerned. And God himself, when you start reading the book of John, you get John chapter 14, Jesus speaks about him and his father. He said, I am in the father, and the father's in me, and the spirit is in me too. And so I was saying to this guy, you need to understand why. He said, I hated my father. I don't want anything to do with him. I said, unfortunately, you need to understand your father is in you. 50% of you is your father's DNA. No matter how much you hate it, it's with you always. And I said, until you change your heart towards your father, whether he's alive or dead, You'll never receive the blessing of God. What do you mean? I said, well, this is what the Bible says. Honor your father and mother and it will go well with you. Well, he's dead. I said, well, how about honoring him? How about saying, Lord, I thank you for giving me the father you gave me. Because don't forget you have that in you. Okay, I know that's kind of 
difficult to understand, but it's true. We're spiritual beings. We carry 50% of our father's DNA and 50% of our mother's DNA, and actually even some of the forefather's DNA. So I've found with me what has helped me get through is to bless my father. And you know the funny thing is? When I started to do that, I started to find my children blessing me. See, there was a couple of years there in my children's life that they hated my guts. And I don't know why. I didn't do anything wrong to them. But it's just that thing that's passed down. The devil likes to bring that sort of stuff into the family and dissension. You know, sometimes children have a good relation with the mom, but they don't have a good relation with the dad. But it's imperative to have a good relation with your father. Because he is... Basically, whether you like it or not, he is the representative of God in your life as the Father. And some people have had bad fathers, and so the representation of God the Father is bad. But once you start blessing your Father, no matter what his failures and faults are, you'll start seeing a change of heart in you, and you'll start seeing a change of heart in your kids. And when I started blessing on my dad, and I started say thank you, God, for giving me the Father, no matter what, what it worked like, no matter what it looked like, once I started to honor the Father, my Father, God started to then honor me. And then I started to find things in my life fell into place and honor came to me from all over, from my children, from people, from everybody else. So at the end of this discussion, yesterday discussing, man, you've given me something to think about. I said, I think it's a good thing that you think about it, but I think it's a good thing that you get down on your knees and you do something about it. Don't just think, but take it as a word of the Lord. Oh, I thought it was just a suggestion. Oh, no, 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 this is not a suggestion. This is imperative for you to understand the components that you have to bless to be blessed. You can't curse and be blessed. You have to be blessed to be blessed. As a man soweth, so shall he reap. Anyway, I'm glad that I could get the opportunity to share that with you. Oh, boy, you're very happy, aren't you, guys? (laughs) Well, that's why I prayed that God would... Oh, you're thanking, thanking about it. That's why I prayed that God would give the interpretation of foreign tongues. People get confused with my accent all the time. I mean, I've been living in America now. Oh, my gosh, it must be 25 years. And I still can't go through a drive-thru and order the food that I want. It always comes back messed up. My daughter said, come on, Dad, let's try it again. So we drive through um, Cane's. You know Cane's? So I ordered chicken, and I said, I want fries. And he says, well, sir, we don't sell pies. My daughter said, Dad, I think you better go inside. I said, no, I think you had better order for me, because my children all have American accents. I don't. No matter how much I try, I still, the closest thing I can do is Bubba Gump. You know, stupid is a stupid, but I can't even get that right, so praise God. But <laughs> that's what's unique. I want to share a little message with you this morning, if I can, if you don't mind. Uh, I want to speak to you about the, 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 the power of God that He's given you to see, the creative power of God to see. I found today in our culture, there's so much divisiveness, divisive hatred, malice, so on. And the reason why people are like that is because they cannot see the truth. You know, It's always easy to look at somebody else and make them your problem and, and, and cast dispersions on other people. And we have so much going on right now in our culture and our nation that people are against each other, hate each other. And 
How can we as a people group be blessed? And so we need to start developing the creative power where we can start seeing. And, and the Lord put this on my heart. Now, the book of John, if you go with me to in your Bible, it's Genesis, Exodus, John. Not necessarily in that order. John chapter 9. You guys need to develop a sense of humor. <laughs> Look, I love to minister. To me, it's not a big religious thing. To me, it's an experiential thing. It's a relational thing. I talk to my Heavenly Father like I talk. I just, I don't go, oh God. I just say, well, you know what? It's really a lovely day today. Thank you. I'm feeling great today. And I'm, I'm just asking you to go ahead of me today and send your angels. And yeah, just have a conversation like I would my own father. You know? So John chapter 9 verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a man blinded from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Isn't it amazing how we as people always look for a reason why there's a defect? We're always trying to find a reason why there's a defect and put something on it, tie a tag to it. You know, I remember in the military, uh, every time we'd come back from a mission, you'd do what they call a debrief. And they'd bring the psychologist in, they'd sit down with you there, and they'd talk to you about your mission and then at the end of it, they try to tie a tag on you. Okay, well, you're a little bit... Well, the reason why they did it is so they can have plausible deniability. Oh, he was just overboard. He went too far. He did too much, blah, blah. I remember this one lady. She was a psychologist. She was a young lady. And I, mean, I was a very violent guy. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. It's probably the deodorant I was wearing at the time. But I was very violent and crazy. Nuts, nuts. Totally, totally uh, PTSD'd. Bad. And I remember saying to me, uh, well, you, you, you know what your problem is. He said, you're a rageaholic. And then something hit me, and I just rose up because I realized she was putting a tag on me. She was tagging me. It's very quick for us to tag people. Oh, well, you know, they're not Christian, or they're not this. And I, I see Jesus plays with it. And what happens here, too, is we always cast things. Well, the reason why he's got that problem is because of this. And this has become such a big problem in our culture. But Jesus, down to the two, he saw. So here's what he said. It was neither that this man's sin nor his parents, but it was that the works of God might be displayed in him. Huh. So I know a little guy that has cerebral palsy. And his mother said to me, I don't know what I did wrong. And my son was born with cerebral palsy. I said, have you thought outside the box? Have you been to ask God to show you a component of why your son has cerebral palsy? I said, beautiful boy, lovely boy, kind-hearted, beautiful, loving, creative. I said, you're looking at, at the negative. Look at all the positive things in this little boy. Am I right? So it's not about the sin or whatever. God sometimes puts something in our life to see how we're going to manage and how we're going to cope and how we're going to grow out of it, grow through the process into what he's called us to be. And she said, well, I feel such a failure because you know, I was promiscuous when I was younger and I think God's judging me. I said, let me say something to you. You know where, you know where God's judgment for you ended? Calvary. It was all nailed to Jesus. So whatever the enemies told you about, that is rubbish. God gave you a gift. That boy is a gift. Start seeing him as a gift. He said, well, I never thought of that. I said, stop seeing him as something, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed because my son has cerebral palsy. Sit your boy in front of a piano and let him play the piano. Well, he's not, he can't play the piano. I said, 
Well, have you set him in front of a pianist? No. Well, sit him in front of the pianist. Well, why? Because the Lord told me that he has a musical gift in him. Oh, well, that's a good suggestion. No, it's the word of the Lord. The problem is, you didn't hear me say, thus save the Lord. That's why you don't believe it's the word of the Lord. <laughs> People are funny. I was in the church back in New Jersey once, and uh, I was standing, I was just standing in the front talking to someone, and a lady walked by and I said, can I say something to you? She said, yeah, okay. I said, um, you and your husband have been barren, but God told me to tell you that you're going to be expecting very soon. And she went, oh, thank you. She walked away. She came back a couple of hours later and said, now, I want to ask you a question. Is that the word of the Lord, or is that just a good idea that you thought? Because normally you prophesy from the pulpit. I said, where in the scripture does it say that Jesus prophesied from a pulpit? Did he carry a traveling pulpit with him? I said, no. I said, it's the word of the Lord. Well, I can't have children. I'm barren. Who said that? The doctor. Okay, what's the doctor's name? Oh, so it's not Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I'm just on a rant today. I'm sorry. So you see, what we, we, we get ourselves in a box. Now, I wanted to speak to you about this because this is very important. Think about this. Let me continue with this message. We must work the works of him who sent me. As long as it is day, night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Now, Jesus left, but he sent the Holy Spirit. Now, who is the light of the world now? It's a couple of us, right? Yeah, there you go. Some of us are a little bit of a dark light. Some of us are night light. <laughs> you know, some of us are bright light. But we're still the light, because light dispels darkness. And when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied it to him. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which translated means sent. So he went away and washed and came back seeing. It's amazing. Now, the religious public came back and said, Well, you know, he probably wasn't the guy that really had visual problems. And he, you know, he was probably faking it. But I want to share with you something very important. I want you to understand something here. You know, when God created Adam in the garden, what did he create him from? The dust of the earth. Right? So, in front of Jesus stood a man right, that was created from the dust of the earth. During that time and that culture, spitting in the, in, the, in the Eastern culture, spitting at a person is cursing them. Still like that today. You notice in Arab culture, if somebody's upset, they spit at you. Even the camels spit at people. <laughs> Alpacas too. So what I'm saying is it's, it's really sort of a form of a curse in that culture. But Jesus spat on the ground and then he took the spittle and he rubbed it together, made clay and rubbed it in the man's eyes. Why would he do that? Firstly, he used the substrate for which man was created, which was dust. Secondly, what is in, you know, if you get caught today in a crime or something and they come in a swab your mouth, why? Because I want to check your DNA. So Jesus put his DNA in the mud and he recreated eyes for this man from his DNA. The day you came to Christ, okay, this similar thing happened. When you went through the water of baptism, don't forget, he sent this man to the pool of Siloam. The man wasn't healed until he went to the pool and dipped himself and washed, form of baptism. Prophetically, Jesus was speaking here about, when I put my DNA inside of you, 
I'm going to recreate the way you see. When you go through the water of baptism, you get washed. The world's going to be cut off, but you're going to have new eyes. You're going to have new ears, new understanding. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to give you the power of my kingdom. And you're going to be my representatives. So I want to just say to you, the problem we have today is we haven't realized that we've had this, this um, life exchange, given up the life of the world and the flesh and taken on this life of Christ and walking in the power of God. We have allowed ourselves to become corrupted by culture. It's very easy for me to walk into any place and get a prophetic word for anybody at any time because you know why? God is always speaking and I'm always listening. We should all be like that. I went yesterday with my wife to, um, what's it called, Joanne's? Is that what it is, where they get fabric? And when I walked in, there was a woman behind the cutting table and I looked at her and I saw a spirit of death on her. So my wife said, because she knows my modem. She knows when I'm going into this. <laughs> she said, what are you going to do now? I said, well, I'm just walking, asking the Lord if I should talk to this woman. She said, well, let me first get my material cut. <laughs> and so the woman's there, she's cutting the material, finished cutting. I said, uh, ma'am, can I say something to you? She said, yes. I said, that spirit of death and spirit of heaviness that's been plaguing you your whole life. Spirit of divorce has come against you and taken your family from you. Today, in Jesus' name, is broken. And God told me to tell you, He loves you and He knows the pain in your heart. And He wants you to know that He's not forsaken, He's not overlooked you. But God's going to do something supernatural. And I just grabbed her hand. And she was, it was a snot bubble session. <laughs> and I mean, I'm here in Joanne's fabrics, and there wasn't a pulpit. What was I doing? Seeing and doing the same thing Jesus did. Taking the DNA of God and applying it to the flesh. Because the word of the Lord is, the Bible speaks about it as being sperma. It speaks of it as being DNA. It speaks of being something creative. And you carry the word in you. And no matter where you are, you can deliver the word. I'm delivered when people have rejected me. It doesn't bother me. It's not my business. It's God. All I am is I'm the messenger. It's not up to me to make it happen. It's up to me to just deliver the letter. The sooner the better. I do it on airplanes. Starbucks is my church. I do a lot of prophesying in Starbucks. It's like, whew, man. Open door opportunity right there. Everybody that comes into Starbucks needs ministry. I was standing in line in Starbucks a couple of months back, and a lady walked in behind me, and she, did, she wasn't, didn't bump me. She was far away from me. And I went, oh. And she looked at me and said, are you okay? I said, yeah. I said, um, I don't mean to be forward with you, but I felt your spirit when you walked up. She's kind of like, whoa, hold on a second. It's a crazy guy. <laughs> I said, um, you're Jewish, right? She said, yes. I said, uh, you're a doctor. You're a a child oncologist, and you work at the Baylor Hospital. Do you know me? I said, no, I don't know you. She said, well, how do you know that about me? I said, because Ha has told me. Ha? Who's Ha? <laughs> God. I said, uh, can I share something with you personal? She said, yes. 
I said, the technology you're working on for child cancers, you need to take it and develop it in Israel. I mean, she started to shake. She said, stand here. She ran to the car. She called her husband. They came there. Two and a half hour meeting in Starbucks with this Jewish doctor and his wife. They're both doctors. Prophesying to them, just in normal English, not saying, oh, Shandai, just speaking normal English, prophesying to them, prayed for them. They wept. You know why? Because they just came together and agreed that if this was the technology they should develop, that God would show them how to get and where to go and how to do it. So God chose some little guy from Africa to be in the line in Starbucks. A woman walks up and boom, the word of the Lord comes. What are you doing? You're creating the ability for people to see. I wouldn't spit in the eye, but I, I, I took... The, the DNA, the spittle of God, which is the word that I have in my mouth, and I applied it to their eyes and they saw. We have such a phenomenal, powerful gift. It's such a powerful... Listen, religion is not going to do anything for people. Religion is doing nothing for America. Religion is doing nothing for families. Religion is doing nothing for these incarcerated people in prison. You can see what happens with religion. Religion causes people to murder each other. But you and I have the Spirit of God. We have the DNA of God in us. And we can speak. And we can declare. And we can do the same thing Jesus did. I prophesy to my children. And my grandchildren. I speak to them. I just, to me, that's the only thing I've got to give. I don't have bookers of money. I don't have a great um, future. As far as, well, I'm a CEO of a company. I can give you a job. All I have is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord has led me through America for 25 years. I came to America. I knew so many people. Zero. God told me, do not take any names. I gave up a very functioning, profitable pharmaceutical business because the word of the Lord came to me to go to America. So I said, well, God, what do you want me to do? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. The first two years, he took me through a cleansing process, a detox process. He said, I do not want you to make Americans South African. I need you to make Americans see my glory and be filled with my spirit. See, people, we need to understand that we are here not representing a nation. or We are representing a kingdom. We have this great power inside of us. You know? So I hope that Sometime today, you've got something out of what I shared with you. But just think about it. Think about the beautiful hidden messages in the Word. Okay, this is not a homiletic message. It's not homiletic. It doesn't matter. It's the Word of the Lord. Take the DNA that the Spirit of Christ has put inside of you and start applying it to those around you to heal them from their blindness. I was talking to my daughter the other day. She was so upset because of the hatred and the malice going on in people and the vitriol that people... And I said this to her, I said, Jessica, you have to understand, you cannot fix stupid and you cannot heal blind. The only way you can do it is when you apply the love of God because the love of God conquers, covers and everything. And what has happened in our culture, there's been such a division because people have stood for something that has no eternal value. But when you stand for the kingdom, that's eternal. And the, the kingdom doesn't have an argument with the culture. The culture has a lot of arguments. The kingdom is separate. The kingdom is above the culture. And if you function in the kingdom of God, 
you'll have the answers for the culture. But if you're trying to function in the culture and trying to get the answers of God, you'll become what I call um, a political prophet. And we have a lot of those running around today, prognosticating, prophesying. A, a guy told me last year, well, some, before the election last year, do you know that Russia's going to invade America because Obama's going to let them in? I said, what did, where did you get that from? He said, I felt the Lord tell me that. I said, well, I think you need to go back to the Lord and ask him if that's right. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, call me after the elections and let's talk. Let's see what happens. Well, it's evident what's going on, that Russia has invaded America, but not through Obama. Russia's invaded America a long time ago. They've had their agents in this country for a long time subverting our culture. So that's not the word of the Lord to me. The word of the Lord is something that brings life. It doesn't bring desperation. It brings hope. See, the weapons of our warfare are mighty and strong. So I appreciate you guys. And I wanted to just ask the fathers if they would stand so I could pray over them. Is that okay? And listen, I'm not trying to be political. I'm not trying to create a political argument. I'm just trying to speak for the kingdom. So Father, I thank you that these fathers and grandfathers and men that stand here today and celebrate Father's Day, Father, that you would just touch them. And Father, I thank you that if there's anything that is going within their family, Lord, awry, I know, Father, that you're the great orchestrator, that, you're the, that you can turn things to their good, that you can turn things to the good for their children and their children's children. I thank you for health. thank you for strength. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you that opportunities and provision comes from the Lord. And these fathers that are here, like you, Lord, you made a way for your son. Even though your son went through great distress, Father, you made a way for him, and you, and you caused him to rise again. So I'm asking you today, Lord, let the spirit of resurrection be on these men. Let them walk out of here today with a resurrected spirit within them, that they would overcome the world as you overcame the world. By the power of your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name.